everybody. Welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 22, where we will be talking about the third episode of the series, Cheeseburger Backpack. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. And I'm Hunter. Cool. Before we get into the episode, can we talk about all the recent developments in the world of Steven Universe that's been going on this week? Oh boy, it's been a busy week for Steven. Has, has that happened? I didn't... I didn't know. Has there been stuff? Oh, oh, poor Hunter. What did I miss? Oh, how stuff has happened. Ah! So do you want good news or bad news first? I want bad news first! Well, they're both good news in my opinion, but okay. Oh, oh, that's cold. (laughs) I know, it's a good thing. Whatever, we'll get to it, but let's start with the quote-unquote good news first, sure. Purely good news is that Steven Bomb 2.0 was happening on June 15th through June 19th. Yay! What does that mean? That means we're going to be doing an episode a day again. Isn't that great? Yay! <laughs> yeah. It'll be really great to watch everything. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, uh, Cartoon wait. Network going crazy with the scheduling again. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, though. I'm super hyped. Give me a list of all the uh, of uh, the episodes we'll be getting. Let's see. The first one is going to be Sworn to the Sword. The second one is going to be Rising Tide, Crashing Skies. Third one is going to be Keeping It Together. And then I can't remember the name of the fourth one. It's the one where Greg tells Stephen how he learned about fusion. Ooh. And then the fifth one is like Chill something and it's a slumber party. Ooh! You sound great! The slumber party one seems, like, deceptively innocuous. Like, I, I'm expecting some hard feelings. Yeah, it, something's gonna happen. Steven and the Slinker talk about girls while they braid each other's hair, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, most likely. <laughs> I'm gonna guess uh, Sworn to the Sword is the is the rumored one where Connie learns how to sword fight from Pearl. Yep. Yeah! It's gonna be a good week. Uh, unfortunately, we also have news that Mr. Ian Jones Cordy, the, the supervising director and the co-executive producer, is leaving the show. That I did see. That is sad. Um... Yeah, that's... I don't like it when they rock the boat. There is a silver lining to this, though, Takuza. Are you going to talk about that? Yeah, so even though he's leaving the show, I don't know if he's officially confirmed this or not, but he's doing it because he's going to be working on his own show, Lakewood Plaza Turbo. Yeah, oh, that yeah, show yeah. looks pretty cool. That thing looks yeah. rad. You can watch the pilot for it. It was uh, being pitched at the same time as Steven Universe. They chose Steven Universe and Clarence over Lakewood Plaza Turbo at the time. Uh, I was actually really rooting for Lakewood Plaza Turbo over Steven Universe, honestly, because I am super, super hyped for that show. But it looks like he's going to have the opportunity to make it. I know it's been in development since before this. I was wondering how he was able to work on that while he was also working on Steven Universe. But I guess at this point, they've gotten enough done that he can't work on them both. So again, I don't think he's officially said that, but it's pretty obvious that's what's going on. So I don't think this is bad news. This is pretty excellent news. He's been pretty coy on Twitter. He was asked what he was what he was moving on to, and he hasn't said. But everybody knows it's Lakewood Plaza Turbo, which I think is really cool because both it and Steven Universe have the same thing, where they find mundanity in the miraculous. Yeah, you know, it's it's a bunch of superheroes who work at a quickie mart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they have fights with the uh, bad guys who all work at Walmart. It's it's beautiful. That sounds really cool. It's pretty nice. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not not seen the pilot for Lakewood Plaza Turbo, please go watch it immediately. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Now, while we're on the subject of not being on the subject, 
I would just like to say, if you if you like Steven Universe for its uh, storytelling and for its world building, go out right now, buy yourself a ticket to Mad Max Fury Road. Because, and I know it seems like a stretch, but one and the same. Beautiful story building, great storytelling, incredible movie. It was it was a really good movie. I really don't see any connection to Steven Universe in it, but yeah, I'd recommend going to see it, sure. GC, could you please uh, tell Ken that I will not be speaking to him for the rest of the podcast? What? Are you kidding me? All I said was that. I don't see a connection between them. I didn't even say it was a bad movie. Super sensitive. Uh, oh yeah, cheeseburger backpack, cheeseburger backpack. Uh, so one of the one of the formative episodes of the series, and I mean, I I know that in my mind the series Stephen kind of stands above this one for lore because of the just the mystery of that temple and how we've slowly been learning about you know what the temple represents. But the lunar sea spire is something else, isn't it? Oh, uh, you you let me tell you, I I'm a big fan of the lunar sea spire. <laughs> yeah, the Lunar Sea Spire is like the best, best at anything that takes that name. I had I had somewhat of a surreal moment when uh there was a part of the episode that I just I imagined would be a GIF posted to our saw Steven Universe in like maybe fifty episodes from now when uh the series might be done. People just posting the GIF of uh, uh you guys remember the Lunar Sea Sea Spire podcast? It's just that GIF of them watching it crumble. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I was actually, for the, for the first time I saw this, there was a, where they first go up the stairs after they get inside, after crossing the vortex, there are all these paintings of four-legged animals, and you see like something looks like a giraffe, and maybe something that's more antelope-like, right there by the, by the stairs. Not really. Huh. I found, I find it very curious that the gems would draw what appears to be native life there. I thought it was really interesting that when Pearl's doing her projection, this is the first episode that we see Pearl get to do projections, I guess is also of note, but when yeah. she's doing it of the lunar ceasefire in the past and you get to see the projections of all the gems walking around, like in retrospect, I guess that's just kind of cool. Like we don't yeah. get to see them in any detail, but we do get to see like eight gems walking around from yeah, Pearl's The really memory. weird thing though is when I, fir- when I first started watching the series, you know, there were only four episodes to watch. So I, I saw Cheeseburger Backpack a couple times and that that never s- jumped out at me as being so awesome, but it was only later after I had been trained by the but series that we only got these three around that it's like just how cool it is to Pearl showed us other gems. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It's interesting to think that uh those gems in her hologram might be gems that she actually knew and they might be either dead or back on the home world and oy. Yeah, I'm not sure which is worse. Hmm. But I would like to talk for a second about this was a very interesting episode animation-wise. Oh, yeah. There was a lot going on with every character. Like, everyone had their their wonky moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of squash and stretch going yeah, on. Yeah, Steven was drawn really weird in some spots. It's because Ian Jones is all about um, keeping things cartoony in kind of a traditional Dexter's Lab kind of way, if Dexter's Lab can even be considered traditional at this point. But yeah, he's been very adamant about that on his Tumblr and his Twitter, and he and Sugar are the ones who boarded and directed this episode, and I think you can kind of see that in every episode that Ian Jones directs, so... Very, very definitely cartoony. Steven is much more consistent later on in the series, uh-huh. and I think I, I prefer it that way. I don't like it when it's just 
Hey, look at how crazy this guy's drawn. I don't know. I I don't think I have a preference either way. Each one has lends its own charm to it. I I like the uh, consistent Steven, just for continuity's sake, and uh, that it doesn't draw away from um, the meat of the episode, like what's really going on. But again, this is definitely a very interesting animation-wise episode, and I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think I've been on record on this podcast before as saying that I really like it when they stay on model. I don't like when they get off model, even if it's for a comedic effect. So I'm more so on GC with this one. But yeah, it has its charm, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I prefer to be very Watsonian, you know, like examine the, I just basically pretend that this is a primary source primary historical source when i'm thinking about something so going <laughs> off model just because hey for the lulls it just kind of drives me up the wall a little bit because yeah, then i have I mean, to put on deal, but... i have to put my doylist hat on when they do that although it's very weird because people whenever the height of the gems comes up people always say oh well mr jones cordy says that they draw the gems in all different sizes Pearl is taller than Amethyst, yes, but... And it's like, well, I don't want to tell him he's wrong because he's the supervising director, but in all of the comparison shots I've seen, they're really close. I mean, very close. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some model that they're working with, so they're going to try and keep, like, some type of ratio going. I think what he meant is just that they're not being anal about, like, yeah. st- sticking to anything in particular. I mean, they got a pretty good eye for it if they're if they're just if they're just eyeballing it. Cause, yeah. Or maybe in the shots where you can compare the heights, they, they take special care to, because those are the only ones I look at. So they could, they could be crazy off-model in other scenes, and I'd never know. Hmm. But uh, the writing in this episode was good, too. I, I loved Garnet's quip. I'm detecting structural instability. Oh, yeah, really that's never good. chunk fall off. Yeah, this, this episode has some good ones. I was definitely uh, more focused on just the silly faces, everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got it, dude. That was That's a classic, Steven. Yeah, I don't think at this point the series has quite hit its stride in full, but it's still, it's still a good show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it definitely starts out with the charm. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the lore, I mean, and, and this is a big episode for starting to build the lore because they're talking about, you know, Steven, this is your heritage. So this is... This really expands on laser light cannon and the fact that, you know, the crystal gems are all alone in the world now and you start to wonder why. Hmm. That's true. This really introduces a lot of the mystery to the show. So um, if laser light cannon was our first step down the road, this is this is us keeping on walking right away. I mean, together breakfast kind of is kind of going to take us off of it, but Cheeseburger Backpack says the show means to continue this way. So let's go back to the, let's go back to the test and realize this is all a test for Steven. I mean, they saw an opening and they went for it. Yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what was, uh, I was getting at. Like I was trying to look for openings where it was like, where they were somewhat hinting that it was just like all a formality for Steven. You think they put those shrimp there? No, no, no. Do you no. think their shards are actually deadly or they were just like the hamsters of the gym world? And it's like, Steven, you can't touch him. How do you get through? No, from what Pearl said in the test, the the Lunar Seaspire was an actual mission. It's the fact that they brought Steven along when he was so early in his training that it was a test. Hmm. That it was a it was a real mission, and you know, like he said, he kind of blew it. But it's not something they prepared. It's something an opportunity they took. But uh, speaking again of hints, um, there was a point where we were hinted at Garnet's future vision. Uh, right before, uh, she, she stopped everyone right before the water broke through the wall. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, like before, like any water was leaking out, just watch out, boom. <laughs> there you go. I wonder if that was a intentional hint or if that was just cartoon OP person premonition powers. We know she has enhanced senses also, so we don't know if it was the future vision or the enhanced senses or maybe the future vision used the enhanced senses. We don't know which she was going off of. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, what the intentions were of the creators. I don't know. I I don't know that this is the kind of show where they specifically plan hints to that. I think it's just more the series Bible says that Garnet has future visions, so we are going to write episodes with the assumption that Garnet can calculate likely outcomes to actions. Good old Garnet ex machina. So, I mean, so if it... If it makes sense that she would have predicted something, she's going to predict it, and nobody's going to comment on it, and it's people like us are going to talk. Well, how do you think Garnet knew that was going to happen? Garnet read the script. Yeah, obviously. That would be more if, like, it were a Deadpool universe, actually. Uh, are you saying that Garnet is Deadpool? I think that's what I'm getting from you, GC. No, no, what I'm <laughs> saying is that if Deadpool, if we had Deadpool instead of Garnet, Deadpool's future vision would come from him reading the script. Are you, are you saying that Deadpool should be Garnet? That's what I'm getting from you, GC. Hmm. It would be interesting. I'd like to see an episode with that, just so we can see what it's like. <laughs> I don't think I want that. <laughs> I don't think I want that at all. <laughs> While we're kind of sort of talking about comic books. What was the comic that came out? Was it this week or last week that had Pearl and Garnet in the background? Oh, Supergirl. Oh, that was Batgirl. Bat- I thought it was Batgirl. Is it Bat? It's probably Batgirl. It's totally probably Batgirl. I mean, it was like at a nightclub or something. Yeah. I don't think Supergirl goes to very many nightclubs. Hey, how do you know? She's a she's a party kind of girl. <laughs> I don't know. I don't read I don't really read capes. Yeah, but if the listeners don't know what we're talking about, well, I guess we just explained it. But you should look up that picture. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to try to link that in the blog post. And, but... it, and it wasn't even like an arguable like picture. It's like that. that it's oh, a girl. That was that was, was Pearl and Garnet. Exact design, Pearl and Garnet. There is there is no way that was not intended, and I think that's cool. It was neat. So I guess that makes that kind of brings up the question: What power level would the crystal gems be in the uh, DC world? Um. Well. I mean, obviously they're not Superman level, but... Garnet is. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Garnet is. <laughs> Superman's pretty strong. I don't, I don't think we can say even Garnet can punch that hard. Crystal Gems would be really weak, actually. Would they? It depends on which scenes you're using for reference. Are you using the scene where Sadie kills a gem monster, or are you using the fact that Pearl casually kicks away a massive rock coming at her very fast? Even then, like, Superman could have, like, stuck his eyeball out at that rock and it wouldn't have even hurt his eye. Like, I'm just saying, the people in DC are ridiculously powerful. Yeah. Yeah, Superman, like I said, you don't, you don't even, you just strike, cross Superman off the list right at the start. Nobody's. All All right. Unless it's like the authority, you're not gonna, you're not gonna come close to Superman. And even then, I'm not sure which one of them is more powerful, Apollo or Superman. They're both pretty powerful. Basically, no one in the Justice League, everyone in the Justice League, rather, would solo the entire Crystal Jones. Um, I don't know. I think they could handle someone like Green Lantern. I think they could handle handle Green Lantern and the Flash. I think they could handle the Flash. The Flash, really? The Flash is like OP. 
I think they can Green handle Lantern's the Flash. Green Lantern's pretty OP. Uh, I don't know. Classic Green Lantern's pretty OP. Like, uh, Justice League Green Lantern, I don't know. Justice League Green, like, original Lantern, he'd, he'd like, make tanks and guns and, like, rockets out of his stuff, but, like, regular Green, like, Justice League Green Lantern, all he does, he captures, he captures things in orbs and he, like, makes fists. So maybe he's a crystal gem. Maybe he is a crystal gem! <laughs> That's how he survived the war. Hey, all, all, I'm, all I'm saying is, Martian Manhunter, He's an alien. Yeah. He shapeshift. Crystal Jim, you heard it here first. <laughs> hmm. He's got a secret rock hidden somewhere. Um, and I think they could probably take Hot Girl. <laughs> Who couldn't? Gar- <laughs> um, Garnet could probably take Hot Girl. Like, yeah, probably. Garnet could. I don't know. Do you think Amethyst could take the janitor from the Justice League? Not even close. And that's that's about it. Like, they, they couldn't beat Batman. No, they they couldn't beat Batman. They couldn't beat Batman if Batman had preparation time. I agree Batman had time to play Not even, him. like, preparation time. I think just, like, Batman's just, like, out doing his patrols, and he just sees the Crystal Gems, like, hua. Yeah, I, I don't know. Agree. Judge Dredd was able to beat Batman. Come on. Well, Judge Dredd beats the system, man. Judge Dredd is the system. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> We all know how comic book crossovers work. One of them is going to beat the other, then they're going to become friends, and then you're going to find that against the enemies, they're just about the same power level. That's always how it goes. So They're going to fight, it's going to end in a tie, and then a mutual enemy is going to show up, and they're going to kick their butt. That's how it works. And the Joker becomes a dark judge. Apocalypse and Jasper just get together, just bash their heads together. No, it's like they're, they're glaring at each other and then it cuts and they're uh, at some fancy restaurant. <laughs> How about that? I really liked when Amethyst starts the chant and she asks Pearl to join in the chant. She does not even waste her time asking Garnet to join in. She's yep. just, come on, Pearl. She knows. Oh, yeah. She knows. She knows how she knows she's gonna get zero response from Garnet, not even a no, just silence. Yeah. That's the real cool thing. Like Garnet has definitely grown through the series, like in very subtle ways. She's definitely oh, yeah, she, become more vocal, she's become uh, better able to express herself. She's much warmer than she was mm-hmm. earlier in the series. Yeah, I think yeah, that, sure. that that definitely shows going back to our theory of that this may be um very early on in Steven's living with the crystal gems that yeah yeah it's it's garnet getting used to steven as much as steven getting used to the rest of the crystal gems yeah definitely something to think about yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I i see that <laughs> i agree and i agree with both of them a couple other things to mention we get to see jamie for the first time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a novelty and last thing i had was that this episode had 1.676 million viewers and i'm done also, I'd like to point out a lot of people uh, like to talk about how different the world Steven Universe lives in from our world. And I've noticed today uh, a key difference is that the entertainment industry in Steven Universe is um fallen quite upside down. Uh, they live in a world where children's television uh, is made up of crying breakfast friends. And let's not forget the uh, ever-loved children's toy, Mr. Queasy. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of world do we live in? That- he has a medical condition. What do you want from him? <laughs> of course. Uh, how how could I be so insensitive? Yeah, I'm so yeah, sorry, yeah, Mr. Queasy. Yeah, Hunter, that's, that's, that's just cruel. That's all on me. That is all on me. Maybe if Stephen had a laughing dinner buddy toy, it would be different. Yeah, the laughing dinner friends. 
Also, um, uh, back to I, I was talking about the music last week. I didn't notice like a like a whole lot, but there was that one moment uh, when Steven's sifting through his backpack looking for the uh, moon stone thing, uh, yeah. and it just shifts, just like. <laughs> I liked this. I liked the music they called up when Amethyst, you know, did her Steven style yeah. and her, her swing over. I, I liked the song they cued in then. Thought it was pretty good. Oh, yep, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> Pearl's face after that. <laughs> Don't do that again. God, this episode. Yeah, Pearl has some really good faces in this one. Yeah, they all do, but Pearl is definitely the MVP when it comes to the faces oh, in this one. How could Pearl not be the best? Um, uh, a couple things with that. She's Pearl-ficked. And I think we're done for the week. Thanks for checking in. This has been the Lunar Sea Spire Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ken. I'm GC13. And I'm Hunter. And God, GC, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> Why? Ugh. Why? Uh, we're done here. Uh, also, there's a new Steven Universe podcast called The Ringo Zone. Oh, Check yeah. Them out. If you're listening to us, then I guess you'll also like them. Ringo. Cool beans. Yeah, I listen to them. They're pretty good. I like them. They're pretty rad. We're here. Nice. <laughs> All right, we're done. See you next week. <laughs> Jeez. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening. set the record straight the flash would obliterate the crystal gems and while i'm here do yourself a favor and watch kung fury